will be dancing and be counting it right. Everybody will be dancing for the feeling you're right. Everybody will be dancing tonight, doing it right. Everybody will be dancing and we're feeling it right. Everybody will be dancing. Welcome back to Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1. Happy Friday, everyone. My name is Abigail Klapatowskis, and I am joined here alongside my very cool co-host, Mr. Bladesfields. Blades, happy Fat Bear Week. This oh, is oh boy. the best thing I've seen on social media yet. On Wednesday, Alaska's Katmai National Park kicked off its annual Fat Bear Week, which celebrates the best hibernators in the world. That's right, you can go online and vote in a March Madness-style bracket on your favorite fat bears. My money line is on Miss Holly. She's looking like a beautiful <laughs> fat brown bear. It just celebrates the hibernators of the world. Yeah, you know, it's, it's hibernation season, and honestly, you know, it's a very, very important part of every mammal's uh you know, lifestyle besides, of course, humans. We we don't be hibernating that often. I, I do occasionally, but, you know, it's for very short periods of time. But, yeah, happy Fat Bear Week, everybody. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to talk about this. Blaze was a little more reticent. No, 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 no. Please no. go check out this Fat is, Bear Week. It's just kind of going to put a smile on your face, this as is, it did for us. No, this is, this is, I think, one of the most innovative weeks of all time. People talk about stuff like, fire safety week or like you know other stuff like that no 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 no. fat, fat bear, bear week. week that's where it's at folks and yeah we'll uh we'll be keeping you up to date on the uh the march mad or the uh october madness of uh of fat bear week hopefully uh hopefully what was the name on that one again Miss Holly. Hopefully, Miss Holly pulls it out. I'd like. I, let's give, let's give the, let's give the, let's give the girl bears a chance to win Fat Bear Week for a change. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> Power to the female bears. We will post on our story a link. Please go check it out at Mixed Doubles on Instagram if you would like to partake in the voting as well. Oh, of course. All right. Well, um, you know, I hate to go Wizard of Oz here, but uh, we we don't have any lions, but we do have some bears, and we also have some tigers. The Mizzou Tigers are looking to avenge their heart breaking loss to Georgia as they take on Florida in the swamp tomorrow. Mizzou, they uh they 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 really really got our hopes up last week. It was it was something to behold, let me tell you what. After a after a heartbreaking loss to Auburn, Mizzou decided to rip our hearts out again by losing a defensive slugfest 26 to 22. They kept the dogs from the end zone until the fourth quarter and made Georgia trail for the first time all season. Abigail, what do you think is going to happen in the swamp as the Tigers uh, go down to face Florida? I think we're going to come away with the win because we almost did it last week. And it tends to be the Tigers' pattern to just come so close or so far from a win, and then we, we reach that pinnacle the next week. And as heartbreaking of a loss as it was to Georgia, it proved that we can go toe-to-toe with any team in the SEC. If you're almost taking down the number one champion, which, by the way, we did knock them to number two. So moral victory, at least in that remark. But I think it proves that we can beat any team. And our defense was so, so strong. And the forcing three three and outs on the first three possessions shows that we can start a game and execute on all fronts. Except for, of course, the offensive front, which you cannot beat the number one team in the nation if you're only scoring one touchdown. And so I would like to see us get into the end zone a few more times, and I hope we tighten our false starts. If we can tighten up our patience and precision on offense and not give away so many costly offensive penalties, like, oh my goodness, the false starts. Every student knows what I'm talking about. We were so close to the end zone. I think if we can tighten up on that end, we have a really good chance to come away with a W. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I think a thing that'll benefit us is that Florida's defense is very bend, don't break, and they're going to let us get close to the end zone. Now, whether or not we get there or not, that's up to the Tigers. That's up to Brady Cook and the rest of the Tigers' offense to decide. But I see this very much being like the Auburn game, except with a more talented opponent, where both teams, they're going to have chances to score. It's it's a matter of who's going to capitalize more I think Mizzou's going to give them fits, and former Gator Tyron Hopper, I think he's going to get his revenge, but I think we do come up a little bit short. I think it's a 27-21 loss uh, against a very, very good Florida team. So um, The yeah. problem I see with the bend-don't-break defense against our offense is Brady Cook. That means it's more spread out in the backfield, which typically should allow us to get more offensive 
rhythm going, but Brady Cook did not look like he's willing to look at those open spots when we spread out our offense. I don't know yeah. why we necessarily went away from the run, but when we go away from the run, he got a little bit nervous, especially in last the second half of last week, and he was throwing into double and triple coverage repeatedly. So if he can take a moment behind the line of scrimmage and just collect himself and find the open receiver, I think we will succeed against that defensive style. If not, it's going to be a lot of three and outs, if not interceptions, and we just cannot get behind the turnover game because that will definitely uh, defeat us. Yeah, we definitely do need to establish the run game. I mean, you kind of saw it last week whenever, you know, Nathaniel Pete, he couldn't get going in the backfield and it really seemed like the only person who could run the ball was Brady Cook. And even then, once Georgia adjusted to that, made Brady Cook throw the ball, it looked very, very, very rough for Brady Cook and the rest of that Tigers offense. Anyway, um, yeah, go Tigers. But (laughs) we're going to we're going to move on to the next big headline, which is um, some breaking news coming out of NWS- NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League. Abigail, you want to walk us through that? Yeah, so our report just came out this week detailing systemic abuse and misconduct by several coaches in the NWSL. The report follows an investigation in 2021 um, led by Meg Lineham from The Athletic, which was some investigative journalism that uncovered the abuse by Paul Riley. And then the next year and a half, NWSL went under a full investigation and uncovered abuse by multiple coaches, extending multiple teams. Um, So many issues that are so alarming by this story. But a couple of key points that really irritated me. Abuse and the report outlined the exposed termination procedures that really led to so many coaches just being allowed to get pushed around to different teams or fired for just cause, but that would be all it would say in the report. And nowhere were any of these reports or teams held accountable for why their coaches were being terminated, or in some cases, why they were simply being moved to a different team or just a different spot in the front offices. It reminded me, unfortunately, a lot of the spotlight in the post, uh, excuse me, the Boston Globes uh, look into the systemic abuse by the church, the Catholic Church, where priests were simply being moved around and just kind of kept hush hush about the situation. And this investigation reviewed similar uh, practices. Also, this investigation was only prompted by the Athletics' original investigation back in 2021. The NWSL, without that impressive investigative reporting, I'm not sure that NWSL would ever have felt pressure or the necessity to look at its practices. And on one hand, that just, you know, all the credit to Meg Lineham for taking up that cause and really listening to the players. But on the other hand, I don't want to give the NWSL any credit here for exposing their own practices when they were only pressured to do so by the public and by the athletics report. Yeah, and I I really think this speaks to how good or what what journalism should be. I hate to go on a journalism tangent here, but we are journalism students and sort of like journalism being the watchdog of our society. Um, it, it just goes to show how important it is, especially in sports where stuff goes unchecked because when it comes to sports teams, more people are focused on the performance on the field and not any of the actions that are happening off the field. And it's really just an absolute disgrace that a league as important as the NWSL, which harbors most of the players who play for the U.S. women's national team, a team that is taken on great pride for our nation as you know, they've been so incredibly successful, especially in comparison to the men's team. Um, it, it's just it's just absolutely saddening that we've we've let, you know, our star athletes be mistreated. And, you know, it, it, it it's different than other leagues, because in other leagues, it's not a systemic issue. It's not an issue of the entire league turning a blind eye in somebody having to cover it up, you know, as much crap as we gave the NBA for the whole Robert Sarver thing, they at least, you know, had an investigation and punished him. And they also were very, very, very transparent about it as soon as a as soon as an investigation was needed. Whereas this, they let it go on for so long and teams were whole teams and franchises were refusing to cooperate with the investigation. And to me, that's that's saddening the fact that whole organizations are refusing to cooperate w- with it, an investigation that deals with the kind of topics that this deals with just goes to show that like it's another case of a sports league not caring about women 
And it's especially saddening because this is a sports league built off the achievements of women on the soccer pitch. It's just, it's just very, 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 very saddening to me. And a further point, we talked with uh, Justin Braun recently. She came and spoke to the Association with Women in Sports Media. And as part of her job, she covers the NWSL. And she said kind of in her role with this crisis communication and disseminating information about this report, oftentimes journalists will immediately seek out the players and ask them to share their experiences. And she cautioned reporters and us um, kind of burgeoning journalists to not immediately seek out comment from the athletes because these athletes have then kind of have to face this sort of abuse two times over, right? Initially yeah. by all these coaches and by the silencing of the NWSL and by repeatedly it was not for lack of their trying to speak out about the abuse there were repeated reports that were some just deleted entirely some discredited immediately it was not for their lack of trying so they first have to suffer the abuse and then the silencing of their abuse and then they have journalists who well-intentioned want them to relive their trauma in allowing them to speak out which there's a time and a space to hear those stories, and I credit the women who have been able, who have chosen to speak out and release their names for the sake of understanding some of the horrors, especially the victim who suffered under Christy Holly. Just all the admiration and respect to her. But it is not the athlete's responsibility to now have to share every single detail of the abuse they suffered. The attention and the shame and all of the press should go towards demanding comments from the coaches and demanding that they step down or are fired or terminated permanently and not allowed to just switch to another team where they can continue this power. Yeah, it is honestly the kind of stuff that people should be arrested for, not, hey, we're going to reshuffle you to a different team. You know, I don't know. I, I feel like because the NWSL doesn't have a lot of mainstream attention, Stuff like this is allowed to thrive because not a lot of people are paying attention to the NWSL. If this was, uh, even although I would tend to disagree, the NBA has a ton of NBA, uh, national attention, and still sometimes systemic abuse can. Yeah, I just mean like it's it's easier for this to go unchecked, and it's easier for this. Yeah, to Yeah, there are fewer people watchdogging the the league. Yeah, and it, it's so sad because this is a this is a young league and a league that is becoming more and more successful. I mean, I've started paying attention to it. My my girlfriend Ruthie is very. She's used to play soccer in high school, and she is very, very into the NWSL. And it's a very fun league to watch because I think it is very, very. I mean, it's the same product as its male counterpart, basically. You know, it's more successful. Yeah, uh, yeah. For our women's national team, it's more successful, but it it really is like basically on the same tier of the MLS in terms of a competitive product, and. You know, seeing this happen to such a young league, it, it, it kind of makes me wonder, like, how are they going to change things? How are they going to sort of weather the storm? Because this is a, a, a PR nightmare for the league, and as, as it really should be, heads need to roll for, uh, for what has happened in the NWSL. Absolutely. And just turn over the administration completely. This needs to be a ground-up revolution where no one that was a part of this abuse can, main, can stay on. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, we got one more headline to get into before we hit our first break, and welcome on Reese Candler. Uh, Draymond Green will be facing a suspension from the Golden State Warriors after getting into a fight with Jordan Poole. This is a wild, wild story. And, you know, most, you know, in preseason, in training camp, these skirmishes kind of happen, but the video leaked to TMZ yesterday, and, oh, my gosh, it is it is particularly damning seeing Draymond Green full-on swing on Jordan Poole. Like, it, it is... Like, JP. JP is very clearly, like, been a chirpy player all throughout college, all throughout the NBA. Like, he's the kind of guy he likes to instigate stuff, and Draymond's the old vet. This is the story we've seen before, but what I haven't seen before is the uh, the old vet committing textbook assault on JP. I personally... Like he needs to miss a couple games. He needs the he Draymond Green needs to learn his lesson. This is in the nineteen nineties where Steve Kerr was getting punched in the face by Michael Jordan. It was just kinda haha, whatever. This is something that I think could really damage the team's chemistry, considering the fact that they are both vying for a big contract in this offseason. I yeah, that kind of behavior should not slide. But 
General Manager Bob Myers said, quote, it's the NBA, professional sports. These things happen. No one likes it. We don't condone it. But sometimes these things happen. It'll take time to move through it. Are, do we think that that's just kind of excusing something that perhaps shouldn't happen? That, like, grown oh, professional men should not be assaulting each other on or off the basketball court? That's kind of the whole, oh, boys will be boys. Maybe not. Maybe we should draw more attention to if these things are happening, why and how can we prevent that? Because that seems like a more forceful issue than we're giving credit to. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Well, I, I guess if they decide to hit the boxing ring, it, it might be a it might be a must-watch event. Anyways, we're going to kick it to our first break. We're going to have Reese Candler on to talk about the MLB playoffs. This is Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 FM, and we'll be right back. Message from your Shriners Hospitals. This bathroom could be the most dangerous room in the house. A lot of kids are seriously burned by scalding hot water in bathtubs. Small kids should never, ever take a bath without a grown-up watching them closely. First of all, run cold water into the tub. Then add hot water to warm it up. Kids always want to play with the faucets. And hot water on their tender skins can scald. Hot water can burn in less than three seconds. I've got a question. Do you know what you and Angel Hernandez have in common? You both could use some instant replay in your life. That's right. Catch Instant Replay with me, Ben Greenberger, every Sunday night from 8 to 9, right here on KCOU 88.1. Tune in for the latest news from around the MLB, NHL, college basketball, and much, much more. Can't listen live? Head on over to Twitter at Instant Replay MU and catch up on what you missed. When you aren't sure what the right call is, check the Instant Replay. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. I love Matt Damon. I love Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Here at KCOU 88.1 FM, we also love Matt Damon. I, I love Matt Damon. Like we always do with this time. All right, it is the good life here on Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 FM. We got Reese Candler in the studio, my personal MLB expert. Reese, how are you doing this fine afternoon? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. Uh, well, um, Abigail has some rapid-fire questions, kind of a tradition for any uh, guests that we have on the show. Abigail, uh, let's uh, let's get to know Reese. Yeah, thanks, Reese, so much for joining us. We are so excited to have you in the studio today. As Christmas is knocking the door right around the corner, my first question, would you rather be stuck in the movie Elf or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for the rest of your life? Uh, I think Elf. I gotta go with Elf. It seems way more normal. Like I think I could live in New York City, but living in a chocolate factory with like a l- little bit crazy guy, I don't think I'd be all about that. That makes sense. I I believe that. Um, next question, because I'm hungry when I or I was hungry when I made these questions. If you had to describe yourself as a Jello flavor, which flavor would you choose and why? I don't know. I'm not a big Jello guy. I've always been like an orange person for everything. It's kind of been my go-to flavor. So I guess orange. That makes sense. Very okay, Halloween okay, of you. Fair, fair, very fair. timely. Very timely. Uh, the final question kind of hints at a very controversial hot take that Mr. Blaze Field suggested on the first episode when he said that Kanye may just be the ultimate goat. Reese, I pitch this to you. Who is more of a goat, Pat Mahomes or Kanye? I mean, Kanye has probably done more, but Patrick Mahomes seems much less controversial. Than That's Ooh. valid. Kanye at this I point. like that take. Look at that depth of reasoning. We love we love non-controversial goats. Anyway, speaking of goats, who will be the postseason goat? It looks like we're going to find out. We've got a huge slate of MLB playoff baseball with the wild card round kicking off tonight. And, or actually, already kicked off this uh, this morning with the Rays and Guardians playing each other. Quick, quick looking at that game. The Guardians are up 2-1 to one in the bottom of the eight, thanks to a Jose Ramirez two-run blast. Meanwhile, the Phillies and Carl's Cardinals are also playing. They are knotted up at zero in the bottom of the first. But I think, you know, the real, the real sort of cloud hanging over this MLB playoffs is the absolutely insane season that the L.A. Dodgers have. Reese, do you think that the Dodgers are going to run away with it? I wouldn't say run away with it. The playoffs are, you got to win 11 games. It's a long, like, grind. 
but I think they definitely have a team that can do it. They're amazing. They won 111 games. They had the best ERA. They had the most runs per game, fewest runs per game, highest OPS in baseball. They're just they're head and shoulders better than everybody else, but I don't know if they'll run away with it. It's yes. a lot of good teams. Assuming the playoff bracket stands and the highest seeds will compete for each other, what will it take for the Rodgers, excuse me, the Dodgers, uh, to beat the Braves to get to the World Series? I mean, I think they're just going to have to do what they do. I mean, they got so much star power. Trey Turner, I mean, like, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman. Freeman and Betts are, could probably finish pretty high in the MVP voting. I just think they got to do what they got to do. I mean, they, the pitching staff's awesome. They have Anderson and Gonsolin. Kershaw's a legend. Urias has been good in the playoffs before. He's been good this year. Just keep doing what they do. Just pitch well, <laughs> score a bunch of runs like they have been all season. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. Um, I personally, I think that, um, yeah, I, I think that if this was like mid July, the Dodgers would absolutely destroy. They've kind of cooled off as of recently, and I think what's going to hurt them a little bit too is the fact that their top three starters at the moment, Kershaw, Urias, and uh, Tyler Anderson, they're all left-handed pitchers, and the Braves, Phillies, and Cardinals lead the league in OPS versus left-handed pitchers. I I think health, you know, Dustin May, Blake Trinan, Chris Taylor, they're all kind of dealing with issues right now. I think this is theirs to lose, but at the same time, the wheels could fall off in the later stages of the playoffs, especially if any more injuries happen to key players. Um, you know, this has been with the wild card matchup like a very, very, very interesting playoff bracket. We got teams like the Guardians, the Mariners, the Phillies were able to squeak in at the last second. Reese. What team that you think people are kind of low on is is most likely to surprise in the uh, MLB playoffs? I don't know if you consider them low, but I think the Mariners have a good shot to make a deep run out of the wild card series. I think they they have a really high end like top of the rotation. Robbie Ray's a Cy Young winner. Luis Castillo has been great this year, and he's been really good since coming over from uh, Cincinnati. I think Logan Gilbert's been really good. He's young, but he's been really good. They, uh, the offense has been really good. Julio Urias is really fun in his rookie year. He put up 28 home runs, I think, 25 doubles, 25 stolen bases. He's electric. Eugenio Suarez has been really good after coming over from Cincinnati. He struggled the last few years, but he's put up a really good season this year. Uh, they just have a lot of really good. They have a really solid lineup. I think they could make some noise if they can get through this series with the Blue Jays, who are another good team. The problem with the Mariners is they're ranking next to last in the batting average over their second half of the season. They started out pretty strong. They've cooled off a little bit. That lo- recent loss to the Royals didn't look super great. Yeah, that's fair. But the playoffs changes everything up, and everyone gets a bit of a spark, especially offensively. And they definitely have a pretty powerful offense going in. Yeah, um, I personally think my team that's most likely to surprise would probably be the Toronto Blue Jays, just because of the fact that I feel like because the AL East was so tough in the in the Jays playing Canada, there really wasn't much hype around them. But Gosman, Manoa, Stripling, they're very solid in a four-man lineup. And if Bar- Bar- Jose Barrios could be the man that he was last year, turn himself from anti-Cy Young back to Cy Young, I think they'll be very lights out. I mean, you look at this. This offense has been the best offense in the American League since the All-Star break. They won, like, what, 5.2 runs per game ever since they fired their manager. And Bo Bichet's hitting 402 since September. Vladdy's probably a fringe MVP. You know, he's going to get a couple votes. They're a very scary team, and I think a lot of a lot of people are getting caught up in the whole Yankees uh, uh, narrative, the Astros as well. I think, I think the Blue Jays got to watch out for him. All right, so finally, I pitched this to both Blaze and Reese. What are our... World Series predictions. Who's going to take it all? Do you think the Braves can repeat? Do you think the Dodgers have a straight path to the World Series? Is there some nostalgic magic brewing in Bush Stadium? And maybe it's the Cardinals year again. Reese, I'll start with you. Who is your prediction to win it all? I I can't go with the homer pick. I really like to see the Cardinals. I'm a Cardinals guy, but I think I'm going with the Dodgers and the Mariners. I think the Mariners wow. are fun. They're finally back in the playoffs. They're they're young, they're exciting, and I think the Dodgers are going to come out of the NL. I just think they're they're so good. They're a historically great team, and I think that the NL isn't. That's got some good teams too. The Braves, the Mets, they have to go through some of them. 
Cardinals are a decent team. They have some deficiencies, but they they play good style of baseball. They play good defense. But I think the Dodgers are just going to take it. I think they're just too good for – and I think they'll probably end up winning the World Series. All right, Blaze, what about you? Who do you have? Um, I've got the Braves and the Yankees. I think the Braves, they've – in baseball, it seems like there's like these crop of – like a crop of new players will come out, right, for a certain team, and they'll be absolutely electric. And then it's like the next season people will figure them out, and they sort of like – kind of come back to earth the Braves with Michael Harris Spencer Strider I mean they've got about five guys you've probably never heard of who will probably who will like be on fire in this postseason I think that you know the Dodgers they're you know they're kind of that guy but I mean hey you win as many games as they do in the regular season that can be tiring that can be really tiring so I think that uh I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Braves pulling off an upset. I think they. I think they know what they're getting into against the Dodgers, and I think they can pull it off. Um, the Yankees. I think that they've got. You know, they've got the. They've got the offense, a, a very electric offense, and I think that it's going to be an absolute bloodbath, and the AL is going to be very, very, very hard to figure out who's going to come out of it. But I think the best bet is the Yankees. I think the Yankees win it in six. Aaron Judge hits three to four homers in the series. He far and away puts himself as the face of baseball and he secures himself a giant contract by winning the world series mvp now we kind of touched on this earlier uh but you know reese candler huge cardinals fan what do you think our odds are of winning the world series i think they have a chance i wouldn't say i'd say i'd put the braves like the dodgers ahead of them in the nl maybe the probably the mets and then like the astros and the yankees but i think the cardinals have a chance they've been Solid with the acquisition, accus, uh, acquiring acquisition yeah, of all their players. Yeah, with uh, Montgomery and Quintana at the deadline, that really helps. They bolster the rotation. Flaherty's getting healthy. He's been good lately. Um, but Arnado and Goldschmidt have been slumping lately. They haven't been as good, but they they're probably going to finish one and three in the MVP voting. I think. If they get going, if Poole stays like he has been, he's been hitting both righties and lefties. He's been mashing somehow at 42. It's been awesome. But I think if they come together, if they can get like uh, production from Newt Barr and from Donovan and guys like that, if they get lengthen the lineup a little bit and they pitch well, the bullpen can Helsley and Gallegos can do what they've been doing. Helsley's locked down. If they can do that, I think they'll have a chance to make a deep run. All right. Um... Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that this team, I don't know, I get such good vibes. There, there, are, there are teams who are, enter the playoffs and you look at them and you say, wow, they have good vibes. The Cardinals have very, 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 very good vibes. They've got the, play, they've got the playoff experience. And I don't know, I just feel like with the veterans retiring, you've got such a, you've got such a cause to rally around is getting these guys a ring. This kind of reminds me of the Peyton Manning Broncos Super Bowl season, where the entire season you're just like, this feels like this could happen. Like, they're not necessarily the best team in the playoff bracket, but it feels like the pieces are in place and the fan base is behind them and they're making the right moves at the right time. I'm, I'm kind of becoming a Cardinals fan, not bandwagon, but simply because of how many Cardinals fans I'm surrounded by. And <laughs> yeah. It would be fun for me as Blaze's friend if they are successful this year so that I get, you know, an enjoyable Blaze to be around throughout the playoff season. Yeah. Um, and then, Reese, I guess our, our, our final question before we kick it to break is, um, who do you think the big surprise postseason star is going to be? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I think, like, it'll probably be somebody who's pretty young i don't know like julio rodriguez seems like an obvious question i've been all mariners but i think he's well known but he's a rosarina has been doing that before, like before like he came up and he's been really good but i think like the playoffs could introduce julio rodriguez to like an even bigger audience than everybody has already seen like everybody in the baseball world is he's kind of awesome but he's not quite like an icon like a cultural icon yet but i think if he has a really good playoff run it could kind of put him on the map all right. What, all right. Um, I would have to go. I think. I think both lows. Bo, Bo Boucher. I think if. The, I think if the Rays make it, or if the Blue Jays make it out of the wild card round, get themselves into the divisional round, and have a have a good have a good you know have a good run. He's pretty hot right now, and he's just the kind of guy. He's got the long hair. 
He's got that. He's but got that. Hair he's going to take him. He's got that baseball blood in him. I think. Uh, I think he's the kind of guy that both the old and young can rally around. Reese, thank you so much for coming in here and uh, sort of giving us a rundown on the MLB postseason. Woo! Thank you. Thank it's you. been. It's been a ton of fun. Uh, we're going to kick it to a break. Uh, round of applause for Reese, everybody. Woohoo! Thanks yeah. for being our guest. Thank you so much. And thanks for being more reasonable about the Kanye uh, Pat Mahomes debate. Oh, than whatever. Was. All right. We're going to kick it to break before some intense arguing happens in the studio. This is Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 FM. <laughs> Never approach a strange animal. If you are bitten by a dog or any other animal, have your parents wash the wound completely and then apply antiseptic and a clean bandage. Thank you, Samurai. Now we have to call the dog's owner or the Humane Society right away. It is very important to find out if the dog has had his rabies shots. Salute Your Sports is back and better than ever. Tune in at our new time, 12 p.m. on Fridays on KCOU 88.1 FM and at our website, kcou.fm. Salute Your Sports is going on our 11th year strong, the longest-running Mizzou-centric KCOU radio show. And you can catch myself, Zach Berman, David Campbell, and Adam Busek as we talk all things Missouri Tigers. Once again, 12 p.m. Central on KCOU 88.1 FM. You reached KCOU. Please leave a message. Thank you. I am from Drum Heller, Canada. Uh, I took part in recording a funny song, a parody of Tom Jones' song, Delilah. Uh, it's funny because it's about a bowl of past. It's called lasagna. I'm wondering if I could send you an MP3 of it. Um, could you please get back to me? My number is called lasagna. Kicking it off with some a fan mails a, a fans mail I, a song with mail in the name by Thundercat because it is time for the segment you all have been waiting for. It is mixed mail bag. That's the air horn. I have been so excited about this since this like summer when Blaze and I had a FaceTime call and we were just kind of throwing out a bunch of alliteration names for some random like Friday segments. And this came up, and I think both of us have just been waiting for the day for the grand reveal. I'm so excited. Yeah, no, this is going to be a um, a monthly occurrence. So uh, you know, uh, only monthly. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Wait, we gotta we gotta come up with some other segments we can do. You know, so uh, so we we keep it interesting. But yeah, this is going to be mixed mailbag. We've got a ton of listener questions. If you haven't submitted them, or if you haven't but want to submit one, um, check out. Uh, our Instagram at mixed doubles underscore KCOU and um, we will be doing um, Instagram anonymous messaging question thingies that you can uh, fill out and ask us some questions. It sounds we'll, suspicious, but it's not. It, it, no, it sounds suspicious. I'm just very bad at conceptualizing what a mailbag is apparently but anyway yeah so uh let's let's get started abigail uh hit us with the first question all right this comes from our kcou sports director jack mcgrath he asks who wins a race where each person has to eat one hot dog and then run a hundred meter dash are you taking usain bolt or joey chestnut oh uh, this i feel like this is very obvious given his prowess for what he can do but i gotta go joey chestnut because if you think about it a hundred meters isn't really that long, right? I mean, it is long, but here's the deal. Joey Chestnut can get that hot dog down in about one second, one to two seconds tops, right? Usain Bolt, it'll at least take him eight seconds. I guarantee you, Joey Chestnut's an athlete. I guarantee you that six-second difference, is it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. I, I, I bet Usain Bolt couldn't even eat a hot dog in eight seconds. I bet it would take him 30 at the least. Okay, Usain Bolt is fun, though. Like, he's got a personality. You see him in those post-race interviews as if he didn't just set a world record. He's just chumming it up with the reporters. I feel like he is someone that has a lot of surprising talents, and maybe hot dog eating is one of them. I was wondering how you're going to tie in personality to hot dog eating. I was like, this is, this is a race, Abigail, not a personality contest. 
It's always about personality. I mean, I guess you're, I I guess you are right. It is always about personality, but um, I'm taking the bolt. I'm t- I'm taking Joey Chestnut. I mean, this dude is legitimately the most successful athlete of all time at a certain sport, and that sport, of are course, is hot, hot dog eating. Uh, do I want to open up that? Well, hold on, hold on, never hold on, mind. Hold on, hold on. Never mind. Hold on. Could you eat? Could you eat like eighty hot dogs in a single sitting? No, well, I'm not sure that doing sport. so. That's a talent, perhaps a skill. I'm not a sure ta- if it's a, it's oh, a sport. Oh, oh no. Does it get your heart racing? Um, it would get my. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, have you have you watched the like Thanksgiving? You know, you're sitting there around the uh, around the around the telly watching. Or no, I it's like not. Or no, it's, 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 it's not. It's not oh, show. sorry, it's not Thanksgiving. It's July Fourth. You wake uh, up early on July Fourth, and all of a sudden it, you see Joey Chestnut scarfing down ninety Nathan's hot dogs. Come on. That's Absolutely so much fun. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. All also, right. we're not accounting for the intimidation factor. Anyone who lines up against Usain Bolt is Anybody going to Anybody who's got to eat a hot dog out. against Joey Chestnut. If if I was sitting there eating my lunch next to Joey Chestnut, I would probably start crying and have to like bow to him. I would bow to him anyway, but I would like to see you start crying in front of Usain Bolt and Joey Chestnut. All right, so we're not going to come to agreement on that one. Let's move on. Uh, Mr. Thomas Gleason asked, is a drop shot or lob more effective when the opponent is behind the service line? Please? I would say I would say a drop shot. You definitely, a drop shot, you want to get that in there um, shallow, you know, because we are tennis experts and Absolutely. this is a tennis show. It, I it like says so on our up to the net. You know, a drop shot kind of tricks them out. You're, they're not, they're back in the backcourt. Yeah, you exactly. Get to you got to pull them up. Oh. And then maybe you can go the lob shot, try to get it over their head. I mean, personally, I'm more of just a backhand, just like whip it in there, bullet kind of thing. But if we're playing strategical, I'd say you definitely got to go drop shot. So, Tommy, I see you trying to trick us out, trying to be like, yo, let's see how much they know about tennis. We know a lot about we tennis. We know so much we about tennis. We know too much about tennis, okay? Yeah. Okay, so hop hop off. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Ella Tommy. Asks- Piggies or bunnies? Piggies or bunnies? Oh, I do like a good bunny. I love a good bunny. And I really like, uh, if y'all aren't sure what this is referencing, both, I guess you could just say piggies or bunnies like act- as the actual animals, but this is more specifically referencing a TikTok trend where this adorable little girl gets her hair done every morning and her mom either does pigtails or these little like bunnies, which are kind of like little mini space buns. Yeah. And her face is the most cutest thing ever and it just brings joy to my life. And you gotta go, you gotta go bunnies. But but either way, you know, as long as, as, long as there's joy in a little girl's life, she can wear whatever hairstyle she wants. Absolutely. Brandon asked so many questions. He really, really enjoyed uh, the Ask Ask the Hosts segment. Uh, but one of my personal favorites is if Bill Belichick did not have Tom Brady, would he have won any Super Bowls? Yeah, 100%. Um, I, he was able to take a team that Tom Brady wasn't on to the playoffs multiple times. Did they win? They didn't win a Super Bowl, no. I mean, well, with you know, with Mac Jones, but like you know, Mac Jones is arguably a way worse quarterback than Tom Brady, and he was able to, to make because I go back to that go back to that Patriots game where literally Mac Jones threw the ball like two times and they won. Like, come on, that's that's just coaching genius right there. I would say coaching genius but also the people around mac jones were recruited because of brady because some of them were there before oh, brady yeah 100 percent. i think the recruiting power and the the athletes that he had access to were all because of brady i'm not sure he could construct the same teams that could oh, then be coached well enough to interesting get to okay yeah that's fair i mean everybody wants to play with a goat and you know right. it's, it's very yeah there were a lot of people that took discounts though they could play with tom brady and sort of chase a ring so I don't know, maybe I I just think that his coaching prowess is way is way underrated, you know. I don't know if it's underrated. I think with the newer coaching staff and their ability to, like their more wide expansive expertise, I think he is very impressive on the offense, and he has kind of outsourced all of his defensive coordinating. So I think with newer coaches like Sean McVay and Matt Lafleur, you're seeing kind of. A reimagining of what the coaching position could be, and it's making people kind of second guess Bill Belichick. A Interesting. Bit. Okay. Fair. I'm also not really the most Bill Belichick fan. I it's, grew up a Broncos fan, so it's going to be hard for me to give him much credit, yeah. but I respect him. I don't necessarily admire him. I got to say, it's also a new era of like offense, I think. So I That's think fair. Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, whenever it was 
guy stands in the pocket and throws a ball, like makes the smart play. I think he was very good at designing offenses for that. Whereas now it's very much designed around the quarterback who can run around and make plays. That's fair. I will give you that. All right. Now we're going to kick it to Eva Wood, who is a proud North Carolina Tar Heel fan. She asks, Carolina Tar Heels, overrated or worth the hype? There is a right answer. And yes, Eva, the answer is they are so overrated. They're overrated. For basketball or football or both? Every sport. North Carolina, overrated. Period. No, Period. no further Period. discussion on that. Period. All if right. it's rated above a one, it's over. Fair Out enough. of ten. <laughs> All right, moving on. Abby Thronson asks, "What's your favorite non-traditional sport? Example: not football, basketball, baseball, etc." Now, I would we say we struggle with this a little defining what a non-traditional sport is, but we're going to say sports that. The typical high school wouldn't have. The typical well-funded high school that yeah. has access to all different yeah. kinds of teams wouldn't have. I would say golf, but I feel like most high schools have a golf team. So I'm going to go with cornhole. If you've ever watched the ACL, not the uh, not the ligament in the leg, no, the American Cornhole League airs on ESPN2 quite often. It's a very fun league to watch, and those people are so unbelievably good at what they do. They are. like Now, cornhole or bags? Because I've always called it bags. Oh, it's cornhole. Okay. All right. What is it with people calling it bags? Because you throw the bag. like. But it's a cornhole. Where's the corn part? I don't understand the corn. The it's corn. Big. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I sadly do not have access to the um, encyclopedia of cornhole, so I really couldn't tell you. I'm just saying it's cornhole because the American, the, the league is called cornhole. Well, just because the league is named for that, why are we giving them the credit? Why they could have just as easily named it the Bags League? So the the ABL, the American Bag League, no. That's how that rolls off. Because okay, if it were like the English Premier Cornhole League, that makes sense. But it's like <laughs> the American Bags, you know? <laughs> wow, how dare you stereotype America like that, Abigail? Have some more respect for your country, man. I do. I'm from the Midwest. We play bags at every event. The Claptask Summer Union is a bags tournament central. Even at weddings, you go out during cocktail hour and we're playing bags. Okay. Interesting. Um, we don't play cornhole. That sounds so formal. I- well, yeah, it's a formal sport. This isn't your average everyday run of the mill sport. This is a sports sport. Yeah, it's a sport, a non traditional sports sport. I realized I didn't even answer this question. I would say <laughs> fast walking is probably my favorite non-traditional sport. Hot girl sport. walks? Hot girl walks, but actually, like the Oli- I guess this is technically a sport because it's now in the Olympics, but if you've watched fast walkers and the way their hips move, it is so impressive. I feel like they could also just as easily be models. Like The way they move their hips and strut, because the only requirement to be a fast walker is one foot has to remain in contact to the floor at all times. Uh, yes, my mom looked into this because I feel like my parents have created power walking before it was an Olympic sport. They are like at the mall in the winter. They're, we're known as the walking family in our neighborhood. You can always see us with our little dog. And they they have just kind of dominated this industry. And so I've grown up a fast walking family. I'm also a runner, but I have to say at the end of the day, I love a good fast walk, especially in fall, the trees. Uh, that was, yeah. All right. I feel like we answered that question pretty well. I'm going to throw it to a question specifically to me. Walter asks, I believe it's Walter, Ryan Walterman, excuse me, asks, is Abigail happy with the Packers and think everything will be okay? This is a loaded question. Am I happy with them? I'm happy that we've continued to win despite not playing the best. However, I would say this season, it looks like a lot of teams, not very many teams are invincible. You've had a lot of teams that have struggled a little bit that, I still think our Super Bowl contenders, the Buccaneers, the Bills, the Packers, I would put them up there. I'd say we have a really young squad with some brand new receivers. And in the past, Rodgers has not trusted his receivers. And if they've made one mistake, he hasn't thrown to them because he's had Devontae Adams in his back pocket. I like the fact that he's giving them more reps to prove themselves and he's being a little bit more patient. Obviously, we're still getting the angry Rodgers side glare when something goes wrong, but we are developing a deeper squad of receivers that I like. Do I think everything will be okay? I would say back when we won the Super Bowl, we were kind of in an underdog. We had some more competition in the NFC North. I think our chances at uh, being successful in the playoffs are better because we have more competition in the NFC North and we're not playing um, as the like assumed favorite. I like when we're in a more, if not underdog, a little more competitive position. And so... Yeah, I mean, I'm an optimist. I think the Cheeseheads will be okay. 
think the cheese heads will be okay. All right. Do we have any? Do we have any more questions we we need to get to before this break, Abigail? Let's take a break because the last one is is pretty interesting. All right, we've got a we've got an interesting question from a member of the uh, Salute Your Sports team that I think will uh, be a cause of controversy here in the studio. But before we get to that, we got to get to a quick break. This is Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 FM. A little bit about the show, if you've never listened before. This is the gold standard. We talk about Olympic sports. United States got 25 medals, which put them fifth in the medal count. Figure skating, news, I get the feeling I'm going to do what I did last show and talk way too long about world figure skating and not have the proper time to talk about the other things. Or sometimes whatever I feel like. Chiefs Bills played each other this weekend in the playoffs and it was a time. But it's my show, so that's what I get to do. Tune in Thursdays at 10. Listen to Concerto, a wrestling show on KCOU with Cameron Payne and Hal Eastep as they break down and predict the greatest sport in the world. Listen on the internet stream of KCOU, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Culture, KCOU, society, KCOU, you, me, togetherness, equality, eternity, KCOU, Deep Space, Travel and Leisure, KCOU, Magazine Subscription, ends eventually, just as all of us KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia, Missouri. you to imagine a very interesting scenario here on Mixed Doubles, KCOU 88.1 FM. Abigail, we have saved the best question for last. This one comes from Adam Busack, and he asks, who wins in a fight? Three to four Abigails or Blaze with nunchucks and like six rocks? Ooh. There's only one right answer to this question. I don't know. Have you seen me use the nunchucks though? Have you seen me? Have you seen me use the nunchucks though? I'm kind of goaded with the nunchucks. Can you imagine being in a room with three or four of me? That's fair. I would be very overwhelmed. And imagine just like the talking. Like I could just talk you to just mindless spiral until you can't even. You talk me until I'm insane. Exactly. And that's only one of me. Imagine if there were three or four. Oh no! What about the six rocks? Are we thinking the six, the quote like six rocks even matter, or is it mostly the nunchucks? I, I mean, the rocks could matter. Like, I would have to. That would be just like a long range weapon. It would really depend if we're in a room, if we're in an outside scenario. Because I think I could probably pick you off one by one with about six rocks. Um, if that's all I'm allowed to use, I mean, I'm gonna have to pick my pick my shots very carefully. But I think uh, I honestly though, I think eventually three to four Abigails would get me because I. I, I was lying. I don't actually know how to use nunchucks, so... Eventually? You're giving yourself a lot of credit here. I feel no, like three I to four Abigails would just take you down I'm pretty shifty. I'm pretty shifty. I'm kind of like a Scotty Miller, kind of a Julian Edelman oh, no. type type uh, archetype. So I think, I think I would be able to escape. Also, I don't know if I would have it in me to, to physically harm three to four Abigails or That's even one Abigail. Aww, so thank you. Um, Maybe they're pop rocks. Maybe you just like pop them in my mouth. <laughs> I actually hate pop rocks. So oh, that would really? Be Interesting. Um, I, He's like, I'll add that to my notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in mind for your for your birthday present. I'm going to give you a plastic bag just full of pop rocks. That would be so kind. Thank you. I really yeah, appreciate give, the thoughtfulness. I'll give of that. I'll give Tommy a funnel as well. <laughs> Anyway, God. Anyway, um, thank you to everyone who submitted a question. Those were so fun for us to look over, and we had so many more laughs than you even heard um, over the air. And again, just as a reminder, if you would like to partake in this mixed mailbag segment next month, make sure you're following us on Instagram at mixed doubles underscore. 
KCOU. Woo. We will post to our story uh, just with a cute little question and answer graphic that Blaze created. And they can be anything. Hot takes, uh, competitions, would-you-rathers, some little... I don't know. Just I feel like we got a nice mixed a nice mixed mailbag today. So I think we thank did. you so much for it all was, your help. It, it was very mixed. There was a wide variety of things to answer. So, um, but yeah, no fun times. Fun um, times indeed. I don't know, Abigail. You got any fun weekend plans? Let's. Oh my goodness! I'm so excited tonight. We are doing a fall night. Uh, quintessential fall meal. Blaze, go top of the head. Oh oh uh 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 pumpkin pie. Ooh okay close. We're doing pumpkin cheesecake brownie bars with chili, and I'm so a- excited. A- oh 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 oh. Adam just walked by the studio, and I'm not sure he was super happy with our response to his question. So we might just have to have him on the show next week. We deliberate. might we might have to get him on the show next week. I mean, if he if ah. Uh, you know what? We are a pretty chaotic radio program. I don't know if pulling people into the studio after seeing them walk by is 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 uh, it, it might be a little bit too chaotic for our program. That um, might be our boundary. We haven't reached it yet, though. We might that just might be it. That might yeah. That that's the line. That's also, the line. Right now, Blaze, we're watching the Phillies St. Louis game. You're still all tied up at zero. How are you feeling about this? Um, I'm feeling pretty solid. I mean, I don't know why we threw Jose Quintana out there. He's not exactly our best pitcher. I don't know if we're trying to save people for the NLDS, but me personally, it's hard to make the NLDS if you uh, lose. So Especially in a three-game series and not just a winner-takes-it-all. That yeah. kind of changes the strategy a little bit. I would have been throwing Miles Michaelis here personally. Or, I mean, hey, even if you want to do like the whole save-a-pitcher kind of deal, you could throw out Jack Flaherty because the odds are that he'll have a great start, but he's not exactly you know, the kind of guy you want to throw out there for the first game. Right now the count is 3-1. and one. Here's the uh, the pitch from Quintana. Get a live call from Blaze here. Oh, and it drops in for the strike, full count. Seventy-seven miles per hour. Not not a super straight shot. Yeah, well, he does a little curveball. Yeah, he's like see a little more power out of him. Also, like Jordan Montgomery exists too. Like Jordan Montgomery has been absolutely on fire. I know he's kind of slowed down a little bit, but like he's been dominant for us. Also, just to cap off the wild card, or excuse me, World Series predictions, my great uncle is the largest Yankees fan you will ever find in Eastern Iowa, and I would really, really just like <laughs> in, to see. Oh boy, okay. Him. I'd really like to see the Yankees take it all for uh, Uncle Bob. Shout out Uncle Bob, he's kind of the coolest. So all right, well, we'll see. Shout out Uncle Bob, the largest Yankees fan in Eastern Iowa. That is a title that um. There's a lot that's, of competition. That's a title. That is a title. There's, you say there's a lot of competition? I mean, you'd be surprised, but at the at last year's Field of Dreams game, there were a lot of Yankees fans showing up. They're such a classic Americana team. That's just rich New Yorkers. That's not actually uh, Iowa people. Okay. I hate to break the news to you. Anyway, we are going to uh, get off the air here. Um, if you want to check us out, uh, you can check us out anytime on Spotify, Mixed Doubles, or on Apple Music, just in case you miss an episode. We're going to be in studio live every Friday at 1 p.m., serving up more hijinks and just more fun, good times, good vibes, if you will, on Mixed Doubles. All right, that's going to do it for me. For my co-host, Abigail Klapatowskis, I'm Blaze Fields, and this was Mixed Doubles, and this is Body Paint by the Arctic Monkeys.